You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, look with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I'm going to talk just for a moment about something different from what we're going to talk about in the message this morning. If I can pastor you just for a moment. You know, this past week we had the big election, right? Um, and on Wednesday morning, this is what I know, not only in the church, but in our community... On Wednesday morning, there were some individuals who were dancing for joy. They were doing their happy dance. And then there were other individuals who were, who were depressed or even beyond depressed, fearful of the future. It is a reality. In the midst of the diversity of our congregation and the diversity in our community, it is the reality. Yet we, as the body of Christ, are called to stand united. We must never forget that before uh, we have an allegiance to the nation in which we live in, that our allegiance is to God. We're a part of His kingdom uh, in our world as it's living out or as it's working out here in our states. But as I've been watching all this happen this past week and different people's responses, I begin to reflect on and prayerfully think about, God, how should we respond as a church, as the body of Christ? What should be our response? And I really believe that the Spirit of the Lord brought me to a a verse of Scripture that was good for me, and I'm hoping it will be good for you as to what is a right response. Again, whichever side of the coin you find yourself on, and it's this verse in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And it, it reads like this. This is God speaking. He says, I have showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Three things. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God. In this time and in this season, especially in relation to the political process, how should we respond? How many of you know we should do Right? Right? We should, we should always do that which is right. We should, we should be just. We should act justly. We should love mercy. What's love mercy? Just think about God's mercy to you. The riches of God's mercy. How many of you are grateful for God's mercy? And the scripture says now we're to live that mercy out to others. To love mercy. And then, here it is, walk humbly before your God. In other words, there's not a place for arrogancy. There's not a place for pride. Matter of fact, the scripture says this, that God opposes the proud. He stands against the proud, but he gives grace to the, to the humble. And so, so how, should, how should we respond? I, I believe we want to act justly. We want to love mercy. We want to walk humbly before, before God. Um, as we're living out our faith, as we're representing Jesus Christ to our community and to the world. Amen? Are we good with that? That's a good response. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Write that down. Meditate on it. Think about it a little later. Well, this morning, we're continuing the series on choices. As I said last week, the choices you make to a great degree shape the life you live, right? So if we want to live a great life, we have to what? We have to make Great choices, right? Listen, you can't make bad choices and get great life. Doesn't work that way. I mean, you know, any 10-year-old, I mean, my son at 16 has really come to understand this. Bad choices, bad life, right? Good choices, good life. I mean, it's, it's true for the teenagers. It's true for us as adults. So the choices, that's why the choices we make are so critical. It really begins to define, to shape the life 
that we live. So if we want great life, we have to make great choices. You know, it's interesting. The scripture is so clear about this, that God's plans for your life are great. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what God's plans for us are good, right? Are you with me? But how many of you know, if you're going to experience the goodness of God's plan, you have to align your choices to his plan. In other words, you can't go the opposite way of God and experience his best. Doesn't work that way. We have a disconnect. So God's plans for you are good, but your choices have to align to that of his plan. That's, again, why the choices we make are are so critical. You know, there's possibly no greater attitude that can benefit your life and open your life in a greater way to God than the attitude of gratitude. That's what we want to talk about this morning. As we train ourselves to choose gratitude and live gratefully, not only does it make us happier, healthy people, but it positions us for God to do greater things in our lives and through our lives. But what we must understand this morning is that grateful attitudes never develop automatically, nor are we born being grateful. How many of you moms here this morning... um, As you gave birth to your child, the child came out of the womb and says, Oh, Mom, thanks for enduring the pain for me for the past nine months. And the pain that I just caused you coming into the world, thanks for that as well. The child didn't come out of the womb giving thanks. The first thing you have to do is you have to teach the child to talk. And then after teaching them to talk, well, we have to teach our children to be grateful, right? So gratitude is something we learn. Gratitude is something... That we have to cultivate in our lives. It's, it, it's much like programming, programming a computer. If we, if we set ourselves up with right programming, we get what? Right results. Wrong programming, we get wrong results. No programming, we get no results. See, the attitudes that we choose, that we, that we sow, if we have an attitude of gratitude, then it sets us up to reap that of God's goodness in our lives. Now, I I think we understand that not every circumstance in life is good, right? Are you with me? Not every circumstance, not every situation in life is good. Yet the scripture tells us that that we're to give circumstance and we're to look for the good in every circumstance and in that, and in that give thanks. There's a funny story of two men who were walking through a field one day and they spotted an enraged bull who happened to be in the same field, the same pasture that they were in, and all of a sudden this bull takes off after these two men. The two men look for, like, where's the closest fence? They're running as fast as they can, trying to get to the fence, and they realize that they're not going to make the fence, that the bull's going to get to them before they get to the fence. And it was in this panic that one of the men yelled out to the other. He says, hey, John, you need to throw up a prayer. And John says, I can't. He said, I've never made a public prayer before in my life. He said, I don't know how to pray. He says, you've got to pray because this bull's getting closer. And, I mean, he's catching up with us. John says, all right, I'll, I'll say the only prayer I know, the one my father used to repeat at the table. He says, watch that. He says, this is the prayer, oh, Lord, for what we're about to receive. Make us truly thankful. Now, in that fictitious story, I think there's a great lesson for us. And it's this. In in every circumstance of life, we can be grateful. In every circumstance of life, we can find a reason 
to give thanks to the Lord. And as we do, when it changes us and changes the situation. Man, this is what I believe. Gratitude is the game changer. It really is. It's the game changer in our lives. Melody Beatty says it so well. When I read this quote, I thought, wow, she summarized it so well. So I put it there in your notes. It's on the screen. Listen as I read this. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns problems into gifts, failures into successes, the unexpected into perfect timing, and mistakes into important events. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for the present, and creates vision for tomorrow. Wow, what a statement. Folks, that is the power of gratitude. In Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2, the scripture says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and bring our song of thanks. Thanking God glorifies and magnifies Him. But did you know that living with gratitude benefits us? See, the Lord doesn't need our thanks, but, but we need We need the benefit of what giving thanks does for our lives. We we can become all that God wants us to be, all that He's created us to be, as, as we learn to cultivate this attitude of gratitude. The giving thanks refocuses our attention. It it relieves anxiety. It reinforces our faith. It rejoices our spirit. Listen, thanksgiving is the best way for us to confront discouragement in our lives. So we we need to train ourselves to be grateful, to to process life with gratitude. So as we think of gratitude, we want to have vertical gratitude and horizontal gratitude, right? Vertical being what we want to be grateful to God. And we want to be grateful to others. We want to express gratitude to others. So, so vertical and horizontal. But you know, one of the things I've discovered about humanity, about us, uh, probably not your, in this service, the last service we had this problem, is that we're not very grateful. One thing I've noticed about humanity is we have a tendency to, to grumble and complain a lot. I mean, just think about Think about your workplace. Think about your school, where you go to school. Think about your home. Or let's even make it more present moment. Think about your drive to church this morning. And what I've noticed is out of our humanity, we have this tendency to grumble and complain rather than being grateful. Why? I think it's a good question. Why are we not grateful? And as I was reflecting on that question, I thought, We have this tendency to grumble and complain. And oftentimes we don't live with an attitude of gratitude. Why? And as I was thinking about that question, I thought, you know, there's probably at least three good, three reasons that we're not grateful. The first is this, is I think, I think we have a tendency to take God, life, and others for granted. That's probably the greatest reason that you and I are not grateful all the time. I mean, the very, listen, folks, the very fact that your address is United States of America should make you get up and do a happy dance every morning. We are, we are so blessed just to reside here that, that God in his plan said you're going to be born here in the United States of America. And we take that for granted. 
We, we don't realize all that we're blessed, is blessed with. Let me give you just a few statistics. Did you know that 80% of the world's population makes less than $10 a day? 80% of the world's population. Did you know that 25% of all people today in the world um, do not have electricity? In other words, they can't walk over to a light switch on the wall and flip a light and the light comes on because they don't have electricity. 25% of the world's population. Did you know that, that today there's 750 million people around the world who do not have access to clean water? Have you gone to your kitchen faucet lately and turned it on and gave thanks for the water that came out? 750 million people around the world, they can't do that. Did you know that today there's 21.3 million people who are refugees? Meaning they've been chased out of their home country, out of their neighborhoods, taken away many from their family because of conflict in their nation. 21.3 million. Did you know that today there's 59 million Children around the world who do not have access to education, 59 million. And if you have children like I do, I'm blessed every day to be able to get my kids up and they get to go to a school where they get a great education. And this is what I know. Our tendency is to be drawn to complaint because we take for granted all that we've been blessed with. It keeps us from gratitude. I think a second reason, as I was thinking about this, why are we not grateful? Um, I think the second reason for me would be the deception of entitlement. Entitlement says this, you owe me. I have rights. This is what I deserve. See, if I'm living with a, a, um, an entitlement mentality, then I'm not living with gratitude because I think whatever I get is what I deserve. It's what you owe me. And it, what it keeps us from being grateful. It keeps us from living with a gratitude of attitude. And that leads us, I think, to a a third reason that we're we're not grateful, and it's this. We're self-centered and self-focused. And if you're living your life consumed on yourself, then you're not thinking about others. So you're only thinking about you, so you're not living out gratitude, because life is all about you. And it robs us, it keeps us from living with an attitude of gratitude, and it keeps us from the benefits of living with an attitude of gratitude. But I mean, this is the opposite. You've got to understand, folks, this is the opposite of God's Word. I want you to notice what God's Word directs us to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. It's on the screen. It's in your notes. So let's read this together. Would you read this with me? Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, some of you caught on about halfway through, so we're going we're gonna to read it again. And, and I want you to, as we read it through this time, I want you to emphasize three words. So we're going to read the whole, but I want you to kind of draw strong emphasis to, put a little punch to three words. Here's the three words, in all circumstances. Okay, are you with me? So let's read it again. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What a great passage of Scripture that should define how we live. 
But we want to be full of joy. We want to notice if you look back to the verse, we want to stay connected to God. Not only do we want to stay connected to God, but the scripture says then we want to live out thanksgiving. That in all circumstances we want to give thanks. And so it's that that I want to focus on this morning, that phrase, to give thanks in all circumstances. Here's some great truths concerning gratitude. The first truth is this living with gratitude is God's will. Say, well, how do you know it's God's will? Well, it says so right in the Bible, right? Look back to the, the end of verse 18. says, and this is God's will. So what's God's will? God's will for your life is that you're living gratefully, that you're living with an attitude of gratitude. And let me tell you why living gratefully is God's will for your life. Because this is what God knows. The God who made you, the God who created you, knows that you're going to function best on gratitude. It's kind of like your car. Um, how many of you know, if you were to pull into your backyard, get the water hose, stick the water hose into your gas tank and fill your gas tank with water, it wouldn't run so well, right? Why? Because your car is not designed to run on H2O, right? The car is designed to run on petroleum, to run on, on diesel or gas, depending on what kind of car you have. What It was designed, it was made to run on fuel. In the same way, the God who made us knows what we need to run well, to function well. So it's God's will that we live with an attitude of gratitude because He knows we're going to discover more life in life through gratitude. Matter of fact, as, as we live gratefully, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be healthier, happier, you're going to be blessed, and you're going to be a blessing. Okay, and that's, folks, that's why God, it's God's will. You're going to be healthier. You know, there's been scientific study after scientific study. You can go online, you can check it out. Scientific study after scientific study that has come to discover if you consistently, continually live gratefully, you're going to be healthier physically, you're going to be healthier emotionally, and you're going to be healthier in your relationships. But gratitude creates health in our lives and for us. That's why it's God's will. Not only that, if you cultivate this attitude of gratitude, which is God's will, you're going to be happier. You give me five people who complain all the time. Grumblers, complainers. You know some of those folks, right? Give me five people who are just like consistently complaining. And give me five people who are consistently, continually giving thanks, who are grateful. This is what I can guarantee you. The five people who are living grateful will be happier than the five who are, who are complainers. So why is it God's will that you and I would live with an attitude of gratitude? Because this is what he knows. We're going to be happier. We're going to discover more life in life. Not only that, man, it opens our lives to be blessed. Because when we're, when we're living with gratitude, we're sowing the right seed. The right seed. How many of you know, if you want to reap a good harvest, you've got to sow the right seed, right? Bad seed, bad harvest. Good seed, good harvest. Galatians 6, 7 says, what, whatever a man sows, it's that that he'll reap. So when we're, when we're living gratefully, when, we're, when we have this vertical gratitude going, this horizontal gratitude going, what are we doing? We're sowing good seed. And this is what I know. You keep sowing good seed, and you're going to reap a good harvest. 
Well, you're going to reap blessing in your life. And God's word is true. And not only that, this is another thing I've come to discover. It's God's will that we live gratefully because in that we're a blessing to others. We give life to others. How many of you know in life there's bucket fillers and there's bucket dippers? How many of you know a few bucket dippers? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. But they're just constantly dipping out of your bucket. But there's also bucket fillers. You know one of the ways that we fill people's bucket? By expressing gratitude to them. Now this is just, this is just a little extra this morning. Um, if you want to transform your marriage, for the men and women who are here this morning, who are you want to transform your marriage, just, be, just begin to speak, begin to express gratitude. What are you doing? As you're expressing gratitude to your mate, what are you? You're speaking life. So it's God's will that we live gratefully. Why? Because in, in that and through that, we're a blessing to others. So first and foremost, I would want you to know it's God's will that we live gratefully. I've got to pick up the pace here because I'm running out of time. Here's the second thing that you want, second truth you need to know about living gratefully is that gratitude is a choice. In other words, it requires you making the decision that you're going to live gravely. Listen, every morning when you get out of bed, you have a decision to make. Are you going to be like grumpy all day or are you going to be grateful all day? Listen, it's a choice, right? And whatever you choose, listen, it's going to shape the day that you experience. It's going to shape the life you experience. So gratitude, listen, you're not, you're not born being grateful. You have to train yourself. So gratitude is a choice. That leads us to the third truth about gratitude is this. Living gratefully requires you to look for and to celebrate the good. If you notice back in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the scripture directs us to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, how many of you know all circumstances are not always good? Right? Isn't that true? I mean, sometimes life is really challenging. So the scripture is not saying give thanks for the circumstances. The scripture is not saying give thanks when you're going through hell. It's not what it's saying. I mean, if you do that, you need a counselor. Okay? You need help. It doesn't say give thanks for, but notice what it says. Give thanks in the circumstances. In other words, you got to look for and in every situation, this is what I know, no matter how adverse, no matter how difficult, this is what I know in every situation. If you look for, you're going to discover an opportunity to give thanks for. And in that, it's going to begin to shape perspective. It's going to begin to shape your outlook. It's going to begin to shape your response. But living gratefully requires you to look for, to look for and to celebrate the good. Here's a... The final truth about living with an attitude of gratitude, it's this. Thanksgiving opens your life for God's work. It opens your life. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, I want you to listen to what Paul wrote. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayers and petition. Notice, with thanksgiving. How? With thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And notice it goes on in verse 7 to say that, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, there's no way around it. Thanksgiving will open your life to the peace of God, the power of God, and the provision of God. 
Man, you begin to sow those seeds of gratitude. What does it do? It opens your life to the peace of God and the power of God and the provision of God. And there's no way around it. Man, Thanksgiving opens their lives in a greater way to God. You know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, complaint and grumbling feeds the negative and it drains faith. If you're you're just constantly grumbling and complaining, what's it going to do? It's going to feed the negative and drain faith. Maybe I think you've heard me say this before, but I happen to believe that complaint is the language of hell. Other side of the coin, as we give thanks, what are we doing? We're feeding the positive and we're fueling faith. I happen to believe that thanksgiving is the language of heaven. So complaint is the language of hell. Thanksgiving is the language of heaven. My question to you is what language have you been speaking? Because this is what I know. Again, Thanksgiving, what? It, it opens the way. It opens the door for God to work. A great illustration of this is found in Acts 16. You can read the story, the whole story later. But let me just give you the quick summary. It's a story of Paul and Silas. Here's Paul and Silas preaching the gospel. And in the midst of doing something good, they were wronged. They were wrongly arrested, falsely accused. They were beat without a trial, and they were thrown into prison, and they were locked into chains. Now, how many of you know, that's a situation that would give you an opportunity to complain. Would you agree with that? Um, And there's a little room for being disgruntled in that. Yet, the Scripture tells us, and you can read the story, the Scripture says about midnight... Paul and Silas began to give thanks to the Lord. They they began to sing out and worship to God. And as they were giving, get this, as they were giving thanks in the midst of their situation, in the midst of their circumstance, God worked a miracle. Prison doors flew open, chains fell off. The Philippian jailer and his whole family were saved. It happened as Paul and Silas were giving thanks in the midst of a really horrible situation, in the midst of the injustice of their situation, in the midst of being wrong, they were lifting their voice in thanksgiving, and in the midst of that, God shows up and does something supernatural. That's why I say thanksgiving opens your life for God's work. So what happens? What happens in our lives? What's the outcome? What's the outcome of of living with an attitude of gratitude. What's the benefits? Because I always think we like to know, what's the benefits? So, so let me leave you with just a couple thoughts as to the benefits of gratitude. The first, and I've already mentioned this, is you can create help through gratitude. Interesting, University of Washington, there's a, a, a doctor of the name of Dr. John Gottman who's been studying marriages for 20 years. And what he discovered is um, if a marriage is going to thrive, it takes Five, it takes a ratio of five to one, positive to negative. And out of his 20 years of research, this is what he's discovered. He says, I can tell you to 90% accuracy which marriages are going to make it and which marriages are going to fail. Simply by the words that are spoken. So are you giving life or death through your words? And the benefit, the benefit of of gratitude is is that it creates health, health in our relationships, health in the marriage, health in our lives. Here's a second great benefit: is it is it expands our capacity for joy. 
And when you begin to live with this attitude of gratitude, as you cultivate that in your home, as you're teaching your children, you know what it's going to do? It's going to expand the capacity for joy. In other words, in your life and for your family, you're going to discover more life in life. Why? Because you're living gratefully. I think here's another great benefit is it, is, is it helps us adjust our perspective. When we live with a, an attitude of gratitude, we begin to see right. Especially when times are hard. Because when times are difficult and like life's not happening the way we thought it would happen, it's adverse, we're in a hard place. One of the things I've noticed is we quickly lose perspective. And so giving thanks helps us right our perspective so that we can see right so we can respond right so it helps us adjust our perspective and then i think also when we live gratefully we bring honor to god gratitude is one of the highest forms of praise that we can give to god that's why the psalmist wrote these words psalm 100 verse 4 says enter his gates with thanksgiving in other words god's saying here's the door Here's the door you need to enter to come into my presence. It's, it's the door of thanksgiving. So it's how, we, it's how we honor God. So living with an attitude of gratitude will help you discover greater joy. It'll, it'll open your life to greater opportunity. It'll enable you to be a blessing to others. And it'll position you for God to work in your life. Listen, you cannot go wrong with gratitude. But it's a choice that we have to make as to how we're going to cultivate life. And so this morning, we're going to put this into practice before we ever leave the sanctuary. Now, we're not able to do this every Sunday, but this Sunday it works really well. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to, my hope is, is that what we do here in the next three minutes is going to carry over into your week. And from your week, it's going to carry over into your life, and it begins to impact and shape how you do life. But this is how we want to end today. I want you to find two people. Get this. One, two. Okay, are you with me? Two people, and I want you to tell them three things that you're grateful for. So really easy. Two people, three things that you're grateful for. So think about it just for a second. You can turn to your right, to your left, to someone in front of you, someone behind you. But find two people and tell them three things that you're grateful for. Let's practice this gratitude. Go ahead. There should be a low hum right now. Three things. Two people, three things. amazing from here i can see what you can't see it's like everybody's smiling first time all morning that everyone's been smiling it's it's that that gratitude creates 
all of a sudden there's joy in the room. Why? Because we're expressing gratitude. It, I'm telling you folks, it is the game changer. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to ask our prayer teams if they would come. We have leaders here at the front available to pray with you. We have communion available. If you want to celebrate communion in the balcony here on the main floor. But if you have a need, a physical need, a financial need, a relational need, whatever that might be, man, we have leaders available just to encourage you, to pray God's Word over you. So please take advantage of that uh, before you leave this morning. And my, my challenge to you today would be, man, as you go into this week, just determine that in every situation... You're going to practice gratitude. In every situation, you're going to look for the opportunity to give thanks. And and I encourage you, begin to note, even write down. I know men are saying, oh, write down. Listen, write it down, men. And begin to see how God works in your life through this simple strategy of gratitude. Also, the leaders are here if you have a... Uh, if, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, man, we always want to make this available. Greatest decision you could ever make is to embrace the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Listen, you were created. You were created to live in relationship with God. So if you've not made that decision, if you've not received this gift of salvation, please, please don't leave the sanctuary till you come and talk with one of these leaders. Give them an opportunity to share with you how Jesus Christ can be your Lord and Savior. Well, again, God bless you as you go into this week. Man, encourage somebody as you speak uh, gratitude to them. Bless them. Okay, God bless you. Have a great week. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.